Welcome back to Talk of the Now podcast. I'm your host, Gene, and we're back this week with Jason. Jason, how are you? I am doing well, sir. Well, we're going to get right into it. Last <laughs> we met, we talked about the Star Wars, um, the Star Wars, and we kind of had a few technical difficulties at the end, but we basically gave some summary of all three. We gave our synopsis, if you will, of A New Hope, which wasn't even called A New Hope, I think, when it first came out. It was not, no. And Empire Strikes Back, which I think was called Empire Strikes Back when it came yes. out. And then, uh, so we kind of left off in the Empire Strikes Back, and we didn't quite get to Return of the Jedi. So what we're going to do is, I think, we'll lay out Return of the Jedi, and then we'll sort of uh, go back into our overall whatever. You yeah. like to make a, You look like you want to make a point. No, I was just thinking hand motions. To, we're going to lay and <laughs> lay it out. All right. Um, and um, yeah. So the Return of the Jedi, you know, looking back. Okay, let me just start off this way for those. I'm trying to give it to an audience for like random person is like, okay, I guess I'll try Star Wars and see what it's going to be. People like my wife and your fiance. Um, <laughs> right. The. Right. Basic premise, Luke, Leia, Han have escaped Darth Vader and his cronies. And, uh, well, they almost did. Han was given to Jabba the Hutt when we left him in Empire Strikes Back. Now he's on, what planet is that? Tatooine. Tatooine, which was Luke's um, home planet. Yes. And... So basically, this is about Luke and Leia and Lando, who has turned. Um, well, he wasn't. He 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 sort of double crossed them because he sort of had no choice. But in this case, they go back there and they're trying to rescue um, Han Solo. And I don't want to give away too much. Well, who cares? I'm giving away a little bit. Uh, they're, they're trying to rescue Han Solo, and then they go on from there. And Luke wants to finish his training to be a Jedi. And they're discovered all of a sudden, which is sort of, you know, looking back, it kind of, um, I don't know how much this was a sort of, well, let's just do this again. They decided to build another Death Star seemingly overnight. I don't know how many years this was between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, but suddenly they have a new. <laughs> it's like, where did that come from? Like... They have a new Death Star, <laughs> new and improved yeah. Death Star. <laughs> You know, maybe they always had a backup. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And reminds me of the, what is that movie, that stupid movie with the, uh, oh gosh. Um, the guy that made mall rats. Um, oh, yeah. Where they talk about the Death Star contractors. That's a pretty funny bit, actually. Yeah. Um, but, uh, anyway, that, that's the pretty much the premise. And of course, they've got to go back and try to destroy this new Death Star, same old way. And all kinds of craziness happens in between. Yep. That's about summing up to you. Yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Now, my first memory of it was mm -hmm. I'm, I'm looking back in my, in the, in my mind's eye to the early eighties. And I can remember going to Greens Corner, Norcross, Georgia, I guess it would be. Yep. With my cousins and, 
you know, we're all excited. I mean, I had watched my exposure to um, Star Wars was basically if you watched movies in the early 80s, not going to movie theater, you pretty much watched them either through rental or through cable. Cable kind of came before the whole rental market where you would watch something on HBO or Showtime. That was huge. Late, late 70s and early 80s. We had these, remember they had, you had the boxes and uh, you would press the actual yep. analog number and yep. Showtime, and, I think Showtime and HBO is where I first found Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. So I knew about it and I was excited about going to, and that was 1983, right? Yep. Yep. Meaning I would have been around a seven year old, I guess. And uh, so anyways, I remember being really excited about it and really liked it. What was your memory of it? Uh, we went and saw it at the um, Stonemont Twin on Memorial Drive. Um, right Still at Rays, there? Rays, of course not. Um, and neither is Green's Corner. It's a Walmart now. Um, True. But um, Green's Corner is where I saw Back to the Future in 1985. Me too. Um, <laughs> crazy. Um, but so. Could have high-fived you going in to see it. I know. <laughs> um no, I I remember going there, and I one of my many many regrets from childhood is opening the toy that they gave out at the opening show. They huh? gave out a theater edition Luke Skywalker. No way. On a card, and what do I do? I open the toy and play with it. Still got it, or is he lost? Oh, of course, he's lost. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I don't have any. I don't have any of my originals. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah, I don't know how much that th- that figure is worth now, but it's definitely worth a lot more than free, which is what we well, for. Um, oh, so, by, the, by the way, speaking of those, um, sorry to interrupt. The I had those original Star Wars, not everything, but I had a lot, a good bit, and I intentionally tried to keep them through my adolescent years into high school. Yeah, put them in the attic. My parents moved. Somehow they're gone. I have no idea where they are. Well, out of the package, not really worth anything. Very honestly. tragic. But I would have liked know, to have them and pass them on to my kids. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. That, it's more sentimental. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, I remember that. I remember uh, being real excited about, obviously, um, the Ewoks. You know, that whole forest of Endor, the other planet. And they were um, su- they were supposed to be Wookiees originally, right? Yep, they were. Um, I, I always wonder what that would have been like had they had those. I guess it would have been a more serious movie had they been Wookiees. Yeah, and I think that's kind of why he changed it um, to be more appealing to everybody. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I just remember, you know, obviously you watch the movie and you're like, oh, I want that. I wonder if they're going to have that toy. And of course they had that toy. They made everything. Um, everything from the tiny little sets of like, you know, this one little gun that you saw in the movie. And they made a whole <laughs> set, that toy of it. You know, you could buy all this stuff. I, I think remember- I had the Ewok Village. Did you? Uh, no, I never had the Ewok Village, actually. Okay. Um, they, um, I remember the my, the mini ones. Do you remember the mini toys with the little metal? Like a you little could move? bit. Yeah, I remember I had the one uh, from the Empire Strikes Back. I had the, I think I had the Cloud City one. Mm-hmm. And then I don't remember what those were called. Somebody's going to shoot me for not knowing what they are. I don't know if they were done by micro machines or whatever, but they uh-huh. were they were tiny ones. I remember having a bunch of those. Ah. my parents got me a bunch of those because they were cheaper um but yeah um well my, just, my wish list as a kid was at at never got one got one of, those. one of those big at ats 
and I, I really wanted a Millennium Falcon. Never had, never got one. I never had a Millennium Falcon. No, I didn't need that. I had an X-wing. I had an um, X-wing. Yeah. I um. Tie fighter would have been cool. I didn't get one. And I never got a Tie fighter. I got a. I had a Snowspeeder, which is still my favorite ah. of all the ships. Is the Snowspeeder um, from Hoth. Um, and I think I the, had Luke's little little um hover hover machine from uh, New Hope with him and uh, Obi Wan right. would ride around in. Yeah. You mean the land speeder? Is that what that was called? Okay. Yeah, that's Gene. <laughs> I thought the land speeder was the onesie where you like like a horseback, like you get on those and no, no. That's a speeder bike. Speeder bike. Okay, gotcha. It's I know you're right. you're much more your toys, well, right? You're much um, more well in tune with the Star Wars um, um, vehicles. Well, I don't know the reason I say this because I found a I saw a online and I wanted to get it for one of my nephews so bad it was a actual full metal land speeder pedal car. And it looks wow. like a land speeder with huh. the three engines and it's got the little windscreen. And I'm like, oh, dude, I want that for them. That'd be so much fun. Huh. But the parents would kill me. Of course, how would I get it out there? But anyway, um, so, yeah, I think um, yeah, obviously the speeder bikes through the forest. I mean, who who didn't want a, a you know, levitating motorcycle, basically, you know? From yeah. those things, you know, there there are people that made like mock-ups of them and um, had them like run as a motorcycle. And then they put the way they made them. This is really neat. You need to look this up sometime. Anybody listening can look it up too on YouTube or whatever video streaming you like to use. There are people that made them and then they put this mirror skirt around the bottom of them to make it look like they were floating. Ah. they're really just reflecting the ground it's really a cool effect i was like that's a cool way to do it because obviously you know to our knowledge we nobody has made one that floats and actually flies right um but anyway you know that whole thing i remember if do you remember the um the audio like the tapes that you would play and then you'd read along in the books you play a tape and you could read it's like a storybook i think i've heard of them i don't think i had any yeah, I had a bunch of those. I know your cousin Scotty had a bunch of them, mm. and so did Russell Wall. Um, but uh, we would do that, um, and it was either that or you had the audio with the Viewmaster. Click, click, you know, the Viewmaster. Mm-hmm. Um, those are always fun. Um, you know, you just you just remember going into friends' houses and just the amount of, like, Star Wars stuff they had. I think know? that um, Return of the Jedi might have had some of the cooler... Maybe it was because they had kind of evolved, kind of cooler um, set pieces. Yeah, if you will. yeah, I agree. Um, I mean that whole uh, generator shield thing. Um, mm. The I mean, yeah, everything. you could yeah. you could tell their uh, special effects had come a long ways as well. Yeah, I mean it'd been eight it'd years been, or whatever that was. Yeah, it'd been eight or nine years. Probably it probably been close to closer to nine, maybe total since they'd started. Do they start on the first one like in seventy five or something like that? Something like that, yeah. Wow. Um but you gotta think, I mean, again, even for nineteen eighty three it was still the best. I mean, a lot of other they were starting to kind of branch out and help out other studios with their special effects. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously back then it was still like, you know, when Lucas says do mine first you know it takes precedence so i mean yeah just the forest scenes which we know were filmed a lot in uh, mirror woods just north of san francisco and um probably in redwood national forest 
Right. Um, but um, and then a lot of the studio stuff was shot at Pinewood in uh, in England. Um, is is there any reason he did that particularly why he went over to Pinewood? Is it, was it cheaper? Was it more economical for him? I mean, he'd been using them forever. Um, it was a I way just think he, a guy from San Francisco going all the way over there to do his shooting. Well, yeah. think about Lucas. Lucas wanted to do things his way, not Hollywood's way. Right, right, and that's why I always respected him. Because... More convenient than going to build your own studio, I guess. If you don't want to, if you don't want to right. do a Hollywood scene, well, and you know he wasn't in Hollywood either. I mean, Skywalker right. Ranch is in Marin County. Which they didn't is have just... anything in San Francisco area, so no. But I, I mean, guess. he he had the money; he could have built that if he wanted to. I just meant um, if they like there wasn't any independent, you know, studios like Pinewood or anything in Upper, you know, Northern California area. Not at that time, no. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, being in Marin County where he was, you know, he, he used some of the landscape close to there, obviously mm-hmm. Muir Woods is just south of there. I've actually been to Muir Woods. Um, so where did he that, film American Graffiti? I've never looked into that. That's, that was in Modesto. So that's, uh, Modesto uh, and some parts of San Francisco. So okay. yeah, I've been around part of that. Um, mm-hmm. but he actually filmed it where he is from. So that was, so, you know, I kind of like, I kind of like the whole landscape in that movie. I think it kind of the contrast of the desert to the forest, right? You know, right. That whole thing, and then the you know the massive ships in between, you know, some of those ship sets. I mean, those are just great pieces of art. Yeah. Okay. So, what is your um, what are some of your favorite scenes or parts of uh, Return of the Jedi? Well, I mean, I've already mentioned the speeder bike chases. Um, yeah. Which, by the way, it's crazy to go back and look some behind the scenes of how they did those speeder bike chases, especially for the time that they did those in. Yeah, a lot of physical stuff that's just No like, special effects in our sense of the word. Well, no, yeah, no computer generated, but yeah, mm-hmm. actual special effects, so physical effects. Right. Um, which are harder to make look real, honestly. Mm-hmm. You would think you would think the real stuff would look real on camera, but it doesn't always. Um, but yeah, that those are always good. Um you know, I I didn't really care for the whole Luke and Vader thing and the Emperor. I don't know why. I just never cared for that part of it. It was just well, a little too too yeah. dark for me, I guess. And I just I thought it was kind of overdone a little bit, if I'm honest. Um, but I, I was mean, actually I, going to say that that was my least favorite part. I thought I felt like they they drew out the um the Vader um Emperor. You know, um, what do you call it? Um, Vader, Vader Emperor, um, Luke Skywalker saga. They drew yeah. that out for too long of a period, right? Um, you know, I think, I, I mean, I think obviously it ended well. I mean, and you know, the redemption of uh, of um, Anakin had to happen now i don't like the redone versions where they put the they put hayden christensen in as a ghost because i'm like right me why why would they have young anakin they should always have the old like they have the old obi-wan they didn't put they Mm -hmm. did that they put they put um hayden christensen in but they didn't put you and mcgregor in so i'm like yeah yeah that's a good point like how why like why are you giving it old? is it because he was still like the last time he uh 
it may have been like, oh, the last time he was human, he was in that form, you know? Yeah. But, but still, like, none of us knew that. It was that other guy, whatever that my, other guy's. My least favorite thing about, I mean, if we're, if we're going to talk about the re, the remade Return of the Jedi or the whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. Updated one is just the the dance bar scene and Jabba the Hutt's thing where they where they redid that whole thing. It was too much. It was it too much. Too much. It just made it a different movie. It, it just drug on too long. I mean, I get what they were trying to do, but at the t- same time, like, no, it was fine the way it was, where it was just understated. You it know? gave it. It gave it. Yeah, exactly. It gave it too much of an episode one feel with uh, yeah. the Phantom Menace. It gave it, it was, too much of that feel. It was. It was kind of a a precursor for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, as opposed to like, I don't know, it just, the little things he did to touch up those movies, I was fine with like the little stuff, like the extra, these things in the background. Okay. That's good. Those are neat little things. Be subtle, but the whole rear is going to change this whole bit. Like, mm. right. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm like, ah, no, I, that was just, it was painful as a word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's okay to change nuanced things that now that you have the technology, you can make this explosion look better or you can make, Right, you know, whatever looked better. Um, yeah, but I, I don't. I, but I don't like adding unnecessary things. You know, right? Yeah, I agree with you. Um, yeah, if it if it adds to the story, okay. If it adds like some some uh, clarity, you know, mm-hmm. to that, uh, then maybe. But other than that, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not really it's not necessary, and it's just it's tiring. You know, it's interesting. I I just recently went back for the first time and watched some of the outtakes of the mm-hmm. of New Hope, and it actually kind of cleared up the story a little better for me, because there's the one scene where he goes into the desert and he meets his buddy, and they're just talking about their future dreams, and I thought that was kind of cool because it kind of gave you oh you get a better idea of who Luke was, you know, because uh, the movie itself kind of leaves out, kind of yeah, makes yeah. his uh, his back interest as a kind of a mystery. Yeah. Right, and or like the scene where the actor who was playing Jabba the Hutt, that whole scene where where Han talks to Jabba, mm-hmm. which they left out of the original completely, and then they put it back in for the remake, but over the guy that they had, which was just a big fat guy, they put you know a computer generated of what we know as Jabba the Hutt because they right. didn't have a creature as Jabba the Hutt. They had a guy in the original that they just. And they just left that whole scene out in the first in the theatrical version the first time. Right. And then they put in that whole thing with the obviously CGI job of the hut. Yeah. Um, but I give it to Industrial Light and Magic. I mean, they do. They do the best job of any of the, anybody. Um, sure. Yeah. You know, things like in, you know. Just like I said, just adding the little details like through a window. Or something like that. I mean, that's fine. But Industrial Light and Magic also still builds physical models mm-hmm. and effects. They don't just do because I mean we all know from a new hope they went they said they went out and pillaged every battleship and aircraft carrier model they could in, in the whole San Francisco area. And huh. they made and they made that the Death Star. That's why it all looks kind of military World War II because it's what it is. They they pieced together a bunch of models, you know, so they just they made it work. Wow. Um, which that's the our art side of stuff that I love about about cinema. You know, as corrupt as Hollywood can be and 
you know, is just awful. Is that you have stuff that comes out of it like that. Now it didn't come out of Hollywood technically, which is kind of also why I liked it because Lucas always did his own thing, and he thumbed his nose up to them, which they returned the favor by never giving him, you know, an Academy Award. So, uh, <laughs> you know, there's there's something to that to be like, ooh, he's the mysterious guy up in you know Middle Northern California making movies, right? You know, before there were studios around every corner like there are now. Right. There was Lucasfilm as the largest independent filmmaker. Hmm. Um, but when you get to a certain like amount of money, you're probably just another filmmaker. You're just another studio. You're not independent. Um, well, there's something to be said for anybody that <clears throat> kind of goes about things their own way. Yeah. Ty- Tyler Perry might be a great example of a modern one. Yeah. You know, somebody yeah. that just sort of did his thing and made a ton of money doing it his way and found right. his own base that loved didn't care what other people thought about it either you know didn't care that people were probably saying well you're probably going to be too much talking about the this you know the kind of thing or do, you're doing it right. too much this way it's like i'm doing it the way i want to and that's right. why i liked about lucas and you know that's why i told people when episode one came out i didn't care how bad it was because i got we got something out of skywalker ranch that we hadn't had in 16 years and it was just mm-hmm. nice to have something so it anyway it's just an interesting it's an interesting aspect of that, and yeah. I think you, you got to see its zenith with Return of the Jedi, because like you said, the effects house, your sound design with Skywalker Sound, and Ben Burt and all those guys that are just brilliant, brilliant artists that made that work. I mean, Skywalker Sound is just, just phenomenal. You know, they're, they're what made me love sound so much, and sound design in movies was, mm-hmm. was Skywalker Sound. You know, simple thing of like, you know, the the blaster noise right. for the TIE fighter is tapping a pair of vice grips on a cable. Like we mm. all made, we all made that noise on like power line poles, the little, the little stabilization cables that come down you go out there and go, tum, 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 like, and that's yeah. the sound. That's the Foley sound artist. Wait, here, let me hit my, let me hit my mic boom. See what happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, you may not be able to hear that, but I can hear it. It, that's what I'm saying. You hear sounds, and they would hear sounds like those guys would carry around recorders on right. their vacations because they were so obsessed with sound, you know. And you know, sound of like, um, what's it called? The, the sound of the uh, the lightsabers mm-hmm. was, was moving the you know the microphone microphone in front of a speaker. Ah, you know, <laughs> it's just it's feedback. You know um, the other um. thing that i appreciate it's so funny how much um i think a lot of it is like lucas's genius but also sometimes you fall into genius sometimes you Mm -hmm. fall into just great ideas and you fall into just creating something that everybody likes and you didn't realize they were going to like it i mean just even like the boba fett saga how that just sort of took out, took a, became an animal all its own. Like he was just a secondary character in the movie that, you know. I mean, I don't think the man had more than 10 minutes on, on screen. Yeah. But he's like, everybody loved the character, (laughs) you know, it's just funny how like little things like that can happen. Um, or like, um, or what's his name? The, um, the alien, um, the guy that says it's a trap. Oh, Admiral Akbar. Yeah, Admiral Akbar. He could have had a huge 
bigger role back then and, and too just as it just leaves you with that sort of sense that's what you want out of movies like man i wish they had about eight more scenes with that guy or i wish they we could have a background of that person you know what i mean um, right so that kind of uh intrigues me a lot anyway the the way that they did their special effects i think was really obviously it's ahead of its time that's just one more aspect and that's another thing about geeking out on star wars is not only the music, which we haven't even talked about, um, sound, special effects, makeup, art, yep. the act, the acting. You had, you know, the acting wasn't the greatest, but a lot of it had to do with their lines. A lot of it had to do with situation they were in. Mm -hmm. uh, Harrison Ford is obviously a great actor. Um, probably one of the better actors in Hollywood, you know, thanks to the stardom that he got from Star Wars. Correct. Um Mark Hamlin, his career didn't really take off as much, but you know, Hamill. That, Mark that's Ham what I said. Hamill. <laughs> ah, sorry, folks. Anyway, um, but you know what I mean. Uh, he it it just shows how you just don't talk about movies that much that way very often. Right. That's point. And that's I I think that's what the um the legacy of Star Wars is in many ways. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, like I said before, something that could have three three movies and then have 16 years in between the next film mm -hmm. and still have that much, even, even if the other ones, even if they hadn't made any other movies, it would still have the following it has now, even with right. younger generations, because it just, it's kind of timeless, you know? Um, it is, yeah. It, it's funny to think, what if they, it's just, what if he had just stopped with new hope? Yep. And you look back and like, why didn't he ever do anything? What would it have been? And you know what? The reason I mentioned that is because people that are young, probably under 40, don't understand this, probably under yeah, even a little older from that period of 1993 up until 1999, especially in the late 80s and very early 90s. You just go around thinking, why doesn't he make another one? It'd be great to have another Star Wars. Yeah. And I don't remember what his thinking was about that, but everybody I knew was always like, we would just love we're dying to get another Star Wars. It would just be great to see what happened after that. Yeah, and again, like I said before, we were all resigned to the fact that it wasn't going to happen. You know, mm -hmm. it'd be like it'd be great, but I don't think he's going to do it. And then all of a sudden, you know, yeah. um, and I think he likes to kind of keep he liked to kind of keep the mystique around it too. That kind of kind of he kind of thrived off of that a little right. bit, you know, because he knew he could he could pull people he could pull people in really easily. Well, yeah. it was a different time, and I don't know if they would have turned out well or not, but the late, and I'm not talking like 1985, you know, just a couple years after Return of the Jedi, but maybe 1988, 91, 94 would have been a good time for some offshoot movies, like a Boba Fett backstory or a, or a Han Solo backstory movie. Um, you know, things like that might yeah. have been a, a movie like Rogue One showing the leading up you know little things like that they, yeah i mean of course it was a different time different yeah you just place. didn't see that you didn't see that as much you didn't see these crazy long franchise things like you do now with all the silly marvel movies and all this other stuff that mm -hmm. seem to never end you know where you've got <laughs> in between stories and stories that shoot off here and there and go in circles or whatever they do cash you know? yeah exactly that's all they know they know they're money grabs a ton of money um but you just didn't see that done as much and mm -hmm. in, in film anyway, you know, you'd see spinoff TV shows and stuff like that, you know, 
Yeah. We had happy days and then we got, you know, Joni loves Chachi and <laughs> Joni loves Chachi. Yeah. Yep. And we got Laverne and Shirley and we 227. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's what I'm saying. I don't think, I don't think I'm, I'm with you. I don't think the culture, the climate was right at the time to have these crazy long. Right. Sagas and series with all these offshoots. And we obviously didn't have any online streaming or we didn't have any really any online. And so you didn't have that Avenue at all. And well, so, trilogies weren't really a thing yet either. Were they? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it seemed like a lot before this time period of the seventies, People would do, you know, maybe two movies related, you know, like think yeah. like Shaggy Dog movie. Um, yeah, it depends. I mean, you know, Godfather. Yeah, the absent minded professor and son of Flubber. Um, yeah. Then you had, you know, I mean, you had every now and then you'd have stuff. I mean, but nowadays it's like the expectation is you'll do a trilogy at least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't really like that. I, I kind of like a little bit of, you know that we've all seen movies that on their own the first one would have been fine by itself um right and just using this as an example the matrix i was could just have, actually thinking that could have you been fine with one just movie left it there yeah you know now purists will be like oh my gosh i can't believe it. no i just i think it wasn't necessary you just needed to leave it that second first... one wasn't bad though but yeah no I, i'm not saying the other movies were horrible it was just it wasn't necessary like you just leave it at that one and you kind of let it kind of end the way it did, you know, and you know, who knows? Um, right, right. Then you had, you know, obviously he played off of that in the 80s with Indiana Jones having three movies, yeah. Well, I mean, the trilogy took off in the 80s, I mean, it was right. just like a springboard, and everybody did one. Back to the back Future then, did yeah. one, Bill and I Ted's mean, Excellent Adventure, <laughs> Wayne's World. <laughs> I mean, Back to the Future, come on. I mean, let's just talk about another movie, you know, that just kind of snuck in there. I mean, if you ever watch on Netflix, I'll just go ahead and plug it. The movies that made us, mm-hmm. um, those series are just phenomenal for just you. It makes you go, how did any movie ever get made? Mm-hmm. You know, you think these big blockbuster movies, that everybody thinks it's now part of our culture almost didn't get made half the time mm-hmm. or the way they did get made. Like take, all right, I'm again, I'm going off topic, but still movies take a movie like dirty dancing. Nobody wanted that movie. No studio wanted that movie, so who did it? Vestron, a movie that uh, a center that only made like cheesy B movies. I was about to say, isn't that a gas station down on Fourth uh, Street? No, no, okay. <laughs> no Vestron, like the, they made stuff straight to video, and mm-hmm. they released that movie. They released Dirty Dancing, and they went out of business, but. Well, but dirty, mean, but, but dirty dancing is like this lexicon, you know. So that's what I'm saying. Like, but Princess Leia that, did a little dirty dancing of her own in Return of the Jedi. Right. <laughs> um, yes, we all remember. Um, the, you know, the whole, or just take for instance when actually Uncle, she didn't do any dancing there. Okay, go ahead. No, she didn't. She just sat there. Yeah. Um, we all remember. Um, but. <laughs> Well, well, take that for instance. Take 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 nowadays when unfortunately we're seeing people die, you know, getting older and die or die of you know things. And she, her death, I mean, that was like a rebirth of Star Wars stuff and Star Wars lore and Star Wars talks, and you know, it just kind of brought everything back into for and to the forefront of everything. And 
you know, just you you sit there and go, okay, they did the Star Wars celebration in Orlando that year, and it was the first time that Harrison Ford had ever been to one of those things hmm. in his entire career. That's how much he used to like loathe the fact that he was known as Han Solo. And he showed up at that celebration there in Orlando and brought the place down. I mean, the place went nuts when he walked out because he's never been to one. Yeah. He said, and he, I think if I remember correctly, he said that he couldn't understand now why he'd never been to these because it was wonderful. He Mm -hmm. said it was just, it was so great to be just appreciated and to be able to share with fans. It's like he was there, Mark Hamill, Billy D. Williams, all of them came out. And Mark Hamill says, you know, Obviously, there's one person missing here, and that's Carrie, Carrie Fisher. And, you know, bless her heart, she struggled with addiction uh, for so many years. Um, Being right. in Hollywood her whole life, you know, with her dad and mom being actors. Um, But you see the fact that her death could have, like, people in California. I mean, like, they, they all gathered. I can't remember where it was. All these people gathered and had lightsabers that lit up and all or hold them up in the sky, you know, and that was the salute to the princess. And I mean, just stuff that you don't see <laughs> for other people's death. Like you don't see that. And it's because mm-hmm. of star Wars. It's because of the mystique that this has come, you know, that it's coming. I mean, it even had a, a Smithsonian exhibit for the longest time. Star Wars did. Mm. I mean, like that's how much it means to our culture, which I'm going to say there are worse things to have in our culture to mean something. I'm not saying Star Wars is, you know, canon by any means or, you know, know, being Christians, we understand that we don't hold anything up over God. But it's a story of good triumphing over evil. It's a story of friends looking after friends and loyalty. It's a story of a redemption of a father who had turned to evil. Now it took him dying to redeem him. Wonder where he got that, you know, all these little things. It, it wasn't all Christianity he pulled from, but we know that the epic is God's story. God's the original author of the epic, and it's imitated in art all the time. And what better example of that than Star Wars? It's like, right. you know, how how cool is that? And and to think about all the the, let's just go ahead and say it: all the trash that kids watch these days, that kids can watch these days. I'm not saying your kids watch it, Gene, but other other kids, you know, that get into watching all this stuff that you're like, wow, my parents would never let me do it. Right. You can sit them down in front of Star Wars and let them watch it. Well, I mean, I think- I, there, there's some intense scenes to it, but I'm just saying, like, all in all, yeah, you don't you wouldn't have to worry about what your kids saw in it because it's not. Yeah, he did it with class. Lu- Lucas did storytelling with class. And you just don't get that very often. Yeah. Well, and I think that, um, yeah, exactly. You can see branches of that. We did an Indiana Jones review one time on a uh, previous episode and Indiana Jones, you know, I wasn't really old enough to really know the difference, but had I been probably a 20 year old in the 1980s, Indiana Jones would have been a great, okay, well the star Wars saga is over, but at least I got Indiana Jones to go watch because that's fun to watch. Um, Right. And those harken back to what, which I think is kind of missing from Hollywood these days, 
and movies in general is um this is just a commentary just to round things up here um wrap things i was um I'm, I, me and my wife have been going back and watching a lot of older movies movies of the hollywood um golden years and yeah. um anything pretty much from the 1940s i mean obviously is even stuff going all the way back to the 30s but stuff right. that's basically from the 19 late 40s post-war all the way up to um the 80s and um you really I, I really get a sense compared to what you see post we'll say 2000 um that back then movies were trying to accomplish what um plays dramas and um books had done for centuries you know like when you read a good book war and peace or um you know, tell two cities, all that kind of stuff. Moby Dick. That's to me what movies were trying to accomplish for a very long time. They were just trying to give you a good entertaining, like you said, redemption, drama story, funny story, whatever it was. They were just trying to give you that in the cinematic form, which was all brand new back then. Right. And, um, you know, I mean, we could do a whole episode and there's all kinds of episodes about that sort of thing. But that's what to me, Star Wars is one of those things It's sort of like. It's sort of bringing a book to life, you know, kind of bring an entertaining yeah. story that you can watch. I mean, think about some of the movies that are considered the greatest movies of all time. Citizen Kane, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, Casablanca, you know, just these great stories, you know, these great things right. that they put on the film and they had to do it really well because they didn't have the effects. They didn't have all that stuff. They, they had to tell you a story and, you know, everybody says you, cause honestly, we know you can escape more into a book than you can a movie. That's just how it is. Movie books allow you to create the world. So you're more invested in it. Mm-hmm. You know, a movie does a good job of it, but to really bring you in, it's got to have that, that element of this backbone of the story, you know, getting you from one place to the other and keeping you entertained and in that world and that mindset on the, along the way um, to where you feel like you took that journey, you know, and it's, right. I agree with you. Like, especially watch the older, older movies. It's like, wow, mm-hmm. they, they really did that. You know, they really, I mean, well, <laughs> that's a, that's another podcast for another day, but anyways, yeah. that's a good talk about star Wars. I think that uh, we've covered it pretty well. Yeah, we have, um, we could cover more. Maybe we will one day, but uh like, I don't know. I almost want to make it a trilogy. Like, like below. I'll like say subscribe. It. Um, I almost want to make it a trilogy just because Star Wars Wars was a trilogy. But uh, yes, I guess to be continued. I don't know. We'll see. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us, Jason. As usual, we'll we'll talk again soon. And yes. thanks everybody for joining us. Have a great day and so long. <laughs>